You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. It is April 21st. 2021 on the show today, Connor Jones joins me to break down the Nationals' back-to-back wins over the Cardinals. They get the series win, get to 7-9, they do it all without Juan Soto. Two strong performances from Corbin and Scherzer. Bullpen backs the boys up as well. Uh, We'll get into all that, break it all down here on today's show. Hello everybody, another edition of the Locked On Nationals podcast. Joining me tonight is Connor Jones. Connor, we got two games to talk about. Um, you know, after the way the Nationals' first game against the Cardinals went, I did not think they were going to take two or three in the series. Uh, they were outscored, I think, in the end, um, 14 to nine over the course of the three days. But I will say they did find that little something uh, to get it done, whether it be just working walks or get squ- scratching across enough runs. Bullpen pitching, they found a lot of ways to get the last two games done. Yeah, if you would have told me at the end of Monday night after that shellacking that they would be able to score four runs in total over the next two games and and win them both, I would not have believed that either. The pitching staff that had been struggling mightily all year stepped up, and fortunately they found a way to win two big games. I mean, they needed a series win big time, and quite frankly, I think the way they played this year to be at seven and nine is pretty fortunate. Yeah, so let's go back to the game, uh, the Tuesday night game. So Patrick Corbin goes out there, and, you know, it's weird. He didn't walk anybody, but his control was not – it was not great from the outset. I know he had a tendency to bounce that curveball sometimes, but he was bouncing a few more of them than I thought he would. But after that first inning, he had some traffic. He settled down, and then we kind of saw the the old Patrick Corbin take over, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We saw – in seeing Dave Martinez talk about and some of the stats on some of his pitches from that night, it looks like he went back more to the slider than changeup, which Martinez was encouraging, encouraging him to do. And in addition to that, the spin rate was up on that slider closer to what we saw two years ago, which I think is critical for him. Him finding the feel of that pitch uh, is something that, that he needs and that rotation needs, especially with Strasburg out. So, I mean, it was a, it was a huge start for Corbin. Um, I think it's, it's incredibly promising going forward to know that you can, you can have that version of Patrick Corbin again. Um, Cause with the way the rotation is right now and with the lack of depth that they have, I mean, they don't have a choice, but for their, their nine, nine figure to st- starter to step up. Yeah. Dave Martinez had mentioned it, right. He said, we need more from our starting pitching or else our bullpen is going to be absolutely decimated. Cause I mean, they're already dealing with injuries, right. They're already pretty banged up. Yeah. He pretty much said like, this team's built on starting pitching and right. like if we're gonna have the worst starting pitching era in the league like it's gonna be a rough year yeah it's <laughs> he's not wrong about well it's you know it's so funny so watching because i mean look i said the other day you know is it time to start worrying about the nationals pitching and i think i think the answer is still yes because of the number of injuries they've taken like that that doesn't change right there's, they're still banged up and even though, I mean, because Max has been great, right? But the problem is, is that, you know, Patrick Corbin's good performance has, as is 
an outlier compared to the other two performances he had. Well, not an outlier, but just he's had more bad than good. Um, Joe Ross kind of looked like the Joe Ross that looks really bad. Paul Espino, I mean, he and Eric Fetty, like we've seen them pitch before. And, you know, they've won the last two games that Eric Fetty has pitched. And then with the bullpen too, I mean, even with the two games they had, you know, the last couple of days, like they still, they asked Daniel Hudson, Tanner Rainey and Brad Hand to throw a lot of pitches the last couple of days to nail things down. Yeah. So I think there's still some concern there. Hudson was on fumes. They're lucky that he yeah. made it out of that eighth inning uh, without giving up a run. Today, yeah. I'm still very concerned about the pitching. I don't think they have nearly enough depth there. It's a lot of pressure on Scherzer and Corbin to put together good start after good start with the final three who, quite frankly, in my opinion, you just can't trust on a, on a start-to-start basis. I mean, they're all capable of having good outings and winning you a game, but it's just they're they're completely inconsistent, and they've been that way for really as long as they've been with the organization. You hope that's going to change at some point, but it's just not something we've seen. And I don't think it's something that you can count on. So we'll see going forward, but you, you factor that in with the injuries in the bullpen. And, you know, I think there's certainly cause for concern. Today's show is also brought to you by betonline.ag. You guys know the deal. Football season is long gone, but right now we are in the heart of basketball season for the NBA and college hoops. NHL is in full swing, and here comes baseball as well. Also, BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up today. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Were you surprised they pulled Patrick Corbin at 76 pitches? I thought it was interesting the day after he made those comments um, saying, you know, our starters need to go longer, that he did pull him out in the sixth. And look, I, in hindsight's 2020, obviously, Rainey did give up the two runs. But I get the idea you don't want to mess with his confidence after he just gave you a good start. I get that, but I thought he had another, at least another inning in him. At 76 pitches, he was he really settled into a rhythm. I thought they should have left him in for a little bit longer. I know they won the game, but you know, I, I thought it was a bit weird to complain about how your starters weren't giving you length, and then you had an opportunity to extend a starter maybe an extra inning or so, and you didn't take it. I get why he didn't, but still, it was weird to me. I think I would have done the same thing. I think okay. – I think – People looked at it. People didn't look at how much – like the last thing you want to do is Corbin to go back out there and give up two runs in a right. one game in the seventh inning, and then he probably feels like he's back to square one if okay. that happens. You have to count on, in my opinion, your late-inning relievers to go in there and do their jobs. And Tanner Rainey got into a tough spot because he walked a guy, then he falls behind a guy, and somebody sits on a fastball and drives it off the wall. So it, it creates – I mean, he, it's really two hitters for him. It shows you know he, he has to get ahead of guys. With Corbin – I think it's – I understand. I, I honestly do agree with what he did. I know it's mm-hmm. probably not what most people uh, mm-hmm. wanted to see there. And in probably a normal circumstance, and Patrick Corbin's been normal Patrick Corbin, I'd, right. I would completely agree. He goes back out for the seventh, and I think Martinez would probably do the same thing. I just think it's super interesting that it came the day after he made a comment about the bullpen being like – the bullpen needing some rest. Yeah, well, they do have a good number of off days coming up. They right. have they have one tomorrow, and they I think they have like three over the next ten days or something like that. Yeah, they do. So it's that's going to help with the bullpen and 
six innings is a, a decent start. It is. For, yeah. It's not like, you know, I mean, it's not like you're really hanging out the relievers out to dry. It's just the last two games they've happened to have the same three on the mound for the final three. Innings. Well, you know, the big thing was they just, and I think, you know, they had the off day coming too, right? And at worst, had to use the guys back to back days. I don't think that any of those guys got into the game against, uh, again, the Joe Ross start. So, um, the eighth inning, though, offensively was super interesting. They sent, what, eight batters to plate, got one hit, and they scored, they scored two runs in that inning. Yeah. Um, the Castro at bat, I'm not sure if you remember that now, complete disaster. Uh, he sits 2-0 fastball and looks just ridiculous swinging at a breaking ball. And then looked like, you know, in, when it, in two strike count, I mean, he was – I don't know what he was looking for there. He just And he got, you know, looked ridiculous, which was really weird for him. Yeah, he, and then Jan Gomes had a great at bat. He's he's obviously sitting on the slider again in that two-two pitch. I mean, taking a fastball right over the outer half in that situation. I, I think the Cardinals had a mound visit right before that to kind of mm-hmm. get the pitch straight without maybe the guy from second relaying relaying. And this was the five-man infield too, right? They had the the because they they put on the bizarre five-man infield with one out. Which yeah, I, I can't even ex- I can't even begin to try and explain that. I it's just I guess that's t- baseball in twenty twenty-one, but like. Castro yeah Castro's at bat was very bad really bad and I think it was important for them to not go into extras in that game Mm -hmm. just because the bullpen was so taxed and you already burned your top three guys if you count hand in the ninth so you don't really want to be in that situation but it was really a gift from St. Louis I mean they walked Gomes on I think I think it was four pitches it may have been five but Yeah, they, Gallegos, I believe, was the one who, who yeah, walked in. and they got some like it, all all inning. They were kind of they were they're gifted by St. Louis, but Trey Turner. I mean, Trey Turner's at bat's the highlight of that inning. Today's show is also sponsored by the best protein bar out there right now, Built Bar. Guys, go to builtbar.com today. Use the promo code Locked15. That's L O C K E D one five to receive fifteen percent off on your next purchase at builtbar.com. And go check out their Twitter account right now, at bar underscore built. If you guys go there, you guys can vote on your favorite Built Bar. They're doing Built Bar Madness right now. They have a bracket set up, and you can go to Built Bar uh, on Twitter. It's at bar underscore built, and go vote for your favorite. Check back each day to uh, to see who is winning. And then you guys, you know, try to push your favorite Built Bar to the top. Now, it's going to be difficult, uh, but... With your help, you can push your favorite Built Bar to the top. Once again, go to BuiltBar.com today. Use that promo code LOCKED15. You'll receive 15% off on your next purchase. Uh, yeah, Trey Turner's at bat. It's the highlight of that inning for sure. I mean, it was just so important what he did. And then, you know, getting that patient at bat from Gomes as well. I, I think something else – like, they, they stole that game. No, they, they definitely stole that game from St. Louis. Um, the other thing that's really interesting – is that I, you know, I just feel like this offense has been good in some of the games. They've gotten pounded weirdly enough. And they, they have like the Sunday game against um, Arizona. They really just did not trade showed up. Rest of the team did not the start for Scherzer were, were Schwarber wanted to walk off really didn't show up. Didn't show up today. I, I know they're missing um, Juan Soto, but this has been a, a hit or miss offensive team so far this year. I think is the best way to put it, right? Yeah, I don't think that's necessarily going to change. There's a lot right. of hit or miss kind of guys in the lineup. They what they really need is Bell and Schwarber to get going. Yeah, neither of them on that yet. They both have their. I mean, they both hit a big home run this year, but as a whole, they have not gotten going. 
And those are two of your middle of the order guys that you're counting on, especially over the next week or hopefully just a week that Soto's out. Somebody's going to have to pick up that slack because you're not going to be able to win games scoring three in one run uh, for a long time while he's not playing. Yeah, no allude to the day. one nothing win for the Nats. And um, Max Scherzer, man, like he, he has got it working. My concern for him is going to be in August and September if he stays healthy. Just because, I mean, he's just, he's been such a workhorse, and you and I have talked about it, but he is right now, he is healthy, clearly he is healthy. He is in the top form, and, um, you know, this, I mean, the crazy stat was today, his last three starts, he's gotten one run of run support while he's been on the mound. Uh, the, the Josh Bell homer is, is, been, is the only run support um, he's gotten, which is nuts. Yeah, he reminds me of another pitcher in the NL East getting low runs of word out there, but yeah. I'm not, not Josh, I'm not, Bell, a, not Josh Bell Homer. Excuse me. It was, uh, it was the, 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 double. Double. Yeah, the yeah. double. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not particularly worried about him getting injured. I mean, I'm with the way it's yeah, been no, going here. I'm kind of worried about everybody getting injured because there's been a lot of guys hurt for right. about two and a half weeks, three weeks into the season or whatever at, um, but yeah, he's, he's kind of carrying that staff pitching wise. Cause when everybody else is struggling and you don't have Strasburg out there, you have no depth and you you completely rely on a guy like Scherzer to go out there and win a game for you. And if you're not going to give him much run support, you're really asking him to, to really carry that load and, and try and hold the team almost completely down. Cause you're not getting run support right now. You don't have your best hitter in the lineup. Trey Turner has been forced back from the top of the order to hit third. Cause you don't have enough run producers in there. Robles who was supposed to be your leadoff hitter isn't, isn't, getting hits. So you got to move him down. So it's, it's tough. It's a lot for him because he's got to carry the offense kind of as far as holding down the opponent's offense to make it a low scoring winnable game. And then from there, with the way the bullpen has been, it kind of gives you added pressure for somebody like him to get deep into the game. Yeah. And today, you know, today was one of those days where he was able to negotiate that first inning, but after two, he was, he was at 50 pitches. So you knew the bullpen was going to come into the factor. And it felt like Nats were going to give him more than one run, but they only give him one. You know, Avila, I think he had, what, um, four total bases today. So a really good day for Alex Avila. And uh, that's just – it's not it's not sustainable offense is the problem, right? They're, they're not generating sustainable offense. I mean, scratching across runs is great, but they, they like you said, they have to be more dependable. Now, on, on the flip side, I mean, they, they just took two of three – from the Cardinals for the second time in two weeks. And since the Dodgers series, they are now what? Um, six and four, I believe is the record. They were four and three in the homestand. So, you know, th- this, and once again, I, I go back to it. This team was dealt a really crappy hand with the COVID situation because this was a group that I thought from the outset had to be healthy. They were, as we've seen, that they're an injury or two away from just things, guys being out there that are just not supposed to be out there. I mean, John Lester hasn't even thrown a game yet, right? You know, and and and, and Steven Strasburg's on the IL already, and Juan Soto has had to go to the IL too. Josh Bell didn't. Josh Bell had a great spring, and then um, you know he's on the COVID list, right? And and can't even take BP for while he is on the COVID list before he comes back. So I thought that. You know, I think all things considered, like we already talked about, seven and nine is pretty good because the way this team is constructed right now, it's like without without Juan Strasburg, especially, it's like if they're a five hundred team, that's that's really impressive. 
Yeah, they, they've won a lot of close games they've played. I mean, you look at their run differential, and it's minus 20. Well, they because they've gotten been, hammered in three or four games. Second worst in the National League. Right. I think I think all they can do for the next couple of weeks is just try and tread water and try and play 500 baseball until you get healthier and hopefully get Soto back and Lester and Strasburg. And at that point, try and be the team that you thought you could be. Um, I, I think, honestly, they're right on track, in my opinion, for what they need to do with the hand they've been dealt because it's, yeah. it's not a good one. They've played a decently tough schedule with six against the Cardinals and three against the Dodgers and three against the Braves. That's not a, that's not an easy way to start the season at all. So you hope you can kind of play close to 500 baseball for maybe the next couple of weeks and then turn it on a little bit when everybody gets healthy. Uh, and then one more thing on, on today's performance, um, the bullpen really just a, a great job today. Um, Rainy, a bounce back performance. Still don't think we've seen his best yet this year. Do you? Do we know what's going on with the velocity? Velocity. Like, I, like, I, I don't, I have not seen any. Which is, which is ironic because we're considering about him, you know, being 95, you know, 95 mile an hour is still pretty fast. But right, he's a guy who's up there in 98, right? 99. Yeah, exactly. That's like, I mean, I don't, I don't know the exact difference between average fastball last year and this year, but there's a, there's a noticeable difference. And I don't know if there's really, been any explanation for it unless that's just how hard he throws now yeah i don't look they haven't said anything i mean i don't think it's you know uh i I haven't heard anything about it uh but i thought those three guys go out there today and get it done and some interest in the bullpen i want to mention is that i talked about it for the season you know with their bullpen at full strength i love the idea and also the lack of number of lefties that they use and they're using sam clay now they were using luis avilan and that meant brad hands only lefty really at the back end but I kind of like the idea of using Brad Hand where necessary, not just making him the closer. Now, I feel like making him the closer is just the right move. When, when, when things are so unsure, have the ninth inning taken care of, right? Just take care of the ninth, the guy like Brad. I, I think this is the right strategy now. I could be wrong about this, but I think Brad Hand was signing with the Nats to be the closer, and I don't think that that job was – I, I don't think Brad Hand would be in this uniform if he wasn't the closer. Well, do you know what I mean, though? But because they pay, but they paid him closer money, and I feel like at that point you're like, do, do, we might have to use you wherever it helps the team best. I think it was part of the part of the agree, like the, I don't know, like it's part of the handshake agreement that right. I'm coming here to be your closer because I believe he turned down at least one two year deal. And I know I'm sounding like John Heyman with like I have sources <laughs> about this. Like that's not the case. I think no, I, I understand somewhere. What you're yeah, I, like I think I read when he signed originally, something to that effect. And I don't think it was important to Daniel Hudson, but I think Brad Hand may have left a two-year, twenty million dollar deal on the table where he would have been probably splitting time in the ninth inning to come to DC to be the full-time closer. So right. I mean, that's it, it's just it's kind of where where to get him here. That's he was going to be your ninth inning guy. Right. I don't. Well, I mean, I think at this point you got to keep him there too because it just. Having the ninth inning taken care of now when there's so much uncertainty around that is really important. A guy that's closed out his last 24, too. You just you can't yeah. take him out of that role. Well, yeah, yeah, no, I understand that. I, I just think when you – with Will Harris there and with Hudson there and the Rainey there at full strength normally, I felt like you had an opportunity. You know, to, if you have a seventh inning coming up where you might face two, you know, two lefties, why not use Brad Hand, right? You know what I mean? Like, that, that just kind of makes – it makes sense, especially if you lack lefties at the back end. Yeah, I mean, maybe – I mean, that might be something we see. I mean, I, if Brad yeah. Hand's fine with that, I, I could certainly see them going that route. I mean, they right. feel and, comfortable and with Because he gives you flexibility because you have Daniel Hudson who's been a closer before. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I, yeah, I don't disagree. I don't I think that's a – I think that's a perfectly acceptable thing to do. 
Yeah. I just think at this point now, though, when you don't have Will Harris, right, and you're not sure what's up with Tanner Rainey and you lose Luis Avilon, who's, you know, I'm not saying Avilon's this great player, but he's he was one of your lefties, right? You know what I mean, he was one of the few guys as left-handed pitchers that you had in the bullpen. Yeah, they don't they don't have a whole lot there. It's, it's Sam Clay now. I think believe Sam Clay's the only other lefty they have. Yeah, that's – I mean, if you look at the – you feel good from the right-handed side and you feel good at closer, but that's really the one – the really the one weakness there with that bullpen. Yeah, that's it's what it is. But uh, seven and nine, and now they kind of turn the page here uh, towards this Met series. Um, I'm trying to think who, who, who so the pitching for the Nationals will Fetty. be. It's going to be Fetty, Paulo Espino, I believe. Is Maybe they might skip him. They could skip him, right, with a day off. Um, <laughs> Get back to Joe Ross because that went so well last time. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I know it was hilarious watching watching Davey after the game being like he still brought his good stuff and he still thought he pitched well. Also, the Cardinals had seen him twice in, in, in you know that short period of time. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I actually thought he looked pretty decent early in the game, and he just completely lost his command. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was rough. Um, Mets lineup has not been doing great, so maybe an opportunity here. Maybe, but the Mets lineup still has enough talent to get, to get <laughs> it going at any point. So, uh, I mean, it's it's going to be a tough series going on the road with. With those three lined up, <laughs> I can't say I feel great about it. You're not feeling confident about this one? Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's going to take a lot of runs, and they haven't been putting up a lot of runs. So, Well, the Mets are losing right now to the Cubs. They I feel confident. I feel confident that they're going to need to score more than one run with Eric Fetty on the mound on Friday. I'm, yeah. I don't I think, think that's going to get it done. I, I think you might be right. All right, Connor. I pre- oh, you have one more thing. I was just gonna say he did look decent though last time out. He pitched pretty. They've won the last two games he's pitched in. So played. Yeah. Okay. All right, Connor. We appreciate you giving us some time here. Nats. Hey, took two or three. Gotta feel good about it. And that's all you can ask for there. <laughs> all right, that will do it for tonight's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at lo underscore nationals. Follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Until next time, my friends. Please stay safe.